What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hold the Phone podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined today by my co-host, Ryan. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just a rainy evening in Roanoke. Uh, excited because teams are kind of back in training camp. A give little or bit. take. A little, kind of. Some of them. <laughs> yeah. Lots of corona tests. Is, is everyone back or is it just the rookies? I think as the week progresses, everyone's going to come back. Okay. I think they started with the rookies, but I also don't think all the teams are actually like vamped up doing it. I think there's are still a few teams, if I remember correctly, last time I saw an update on the NFLPA Twitter account saying that there were like five teams that are still like in the review process of their like COVID protection plan. Yeah. Or plan, I guess. I think the, the Patriots were one of them, and I can't remember anyone else. I'm trying. To, yeah. I'm trying to look it up right now. Uh, and it seems like a lot of reading. Probably not worth it. Um, but we've actually had, since the last time we recorded, we've had quite a bit of news, I guess you could say, for this off season with everything going on with COVID. Um, where do we, Where do you want to start? Uh, do you want to start with today's news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can start with the people that got signed today and the people that got cut. Um, I guess first we can start with the Panthers cut their... A pretty long-term kicker. I want to say he was the kicker for like four, maybe five or six years, honestly. Um, I guess it, they cut Graham Gano. It saves them $2.5 million in cap space. And it looks as if Joey Sly is going to be the new starter for the Carolina Panthers at kicker. Um, I don't hate this move. Like I was telling you earlier on text, it makes sense. You save him money. And he's also 33. But I know kickers can kick forever. Um, I just think it's more of, he didn't handle the whole, him being put on IR very well, if I remember correctly. I want to say he was very against the bringing in of Joey Sly, so that could have had something to do with it, and also I think it's just, this team is trying to save as much cap money as possible. Joey Sly's 24, and his cap hit is probably nothing. What's his contract? Probably like... 700,000, if, if that. 675,000 for this year. So you save about 2 million, basically. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's a kicker. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, I like the move. Uh, at first, I was kind of confused because, like, I don't know, as a, as a non Panthers fan, I was kind of confused because, like, all I remember of Graham Gano. Is, I mentioned this to you earlier, that clutch. Well, do you remember how long that was? It was close to 60 yards. No, I think it was over 60. I want to say it was 63 is what my gut is saying. I'll look it up while you keep talking. All right. Well, anyways, I just remember watching a Bills game. I can't remember what week it was, but I remember watching a Bills game. And while the Bills game was uh, on commercial, I remember looking over. I mean, this, this was the Panthers playing the Giants. It was a close game all the way through. And I remember seeing Graham Gano just – completely hammer this kick and it gave you guys the win with like i think like three seconds left in the game yeah it was a complete buzzer beater and he just nailed it right through the uprights it's the second longest kick of all time the longest is 64 yards by matt prater it was 63 yards to give him the win and i want to say that was one of the only wins they got that year wasn't that the year that they won like four games or something like that well, yeah, that was the start. That was the year that Cam started to really yeah. get hurt. 
the, I think that's the year you guys only won like five or six games. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about it on like in the car today. Like, what do you think are good landing spots for Gano? Because I think there are some teams that need some kickers. Well, I'm trying to think right now. Who is the Bucks kicker? Because they've they, got a uh, gay. I can't remember his first name. Jordan Gay? No. Mike Gay? Yeah. There you go. I wanted to say Mike, but I didn't know if I was right. Well, um, on May 1st, they claim Elliot Fry. Do they have a kicker? Is he on the roster? Starting kicker. I don't think they got rid of Michael Gay. I don't Mike know. Gay. I'm trying to think. Um, who are other teams that struggle at kicker? The Chargers? Well, I- I was thinking of uh, another team in Los Angeles, the Rams, because they just lost Greg Zerline, and they kind of like did not replace oh, him well, true. if I remember. True. And also the Giants, who just released uh, Aldrick Rosas. Yes. Um, I figured those two, I don't know if they're going to... See, instantly I was like, is going to be a free agent for like maybe a day. He, like someone's going to pick him up, because like, he's a good kicker. And like those teams desperately need a kicker, because I think the Giants replaced... Roses with, I think, uh, Andrew Catanzaro, right? Um, yeah, that's his name. But, bro, name's Andrew. I literally looked but. up Graham Gano, and the first two articles that came up are Graham Gano released by the Panthers, expect the Giants to be interested, and then the very next one is Graham Gano is available if the Rams are interested. <laughs> so, it looks like you, it looks like you <laughs> nailed that pick, and those are definitely two teams that could use a kicker for sure. If anything, if I was the, I mean, with how many big players they have on their payroll, I don't know how much cap they currently have. But if I'm the Rams, I would I would consider getting in a bidding war with the Giants because like they real in that competitive of a division, you can't be like, you know, iffy on extra points and field goals. Like you're gonna need every point you can get, especially in that division. Well, I can tell you the last contract he signed was for four years, seventeen million, with nine of it guaranteed. So he was making around $4 million a year. That's a lot for a kicker. That is a lot for a kicker. Um, maybe that's why they – when did he sign that? He signed it in 2018, so he still had two years left on it. So maybe that's why they ended up cutting him. But um, I like both of those teams. I just don't – do the Rams even have any cap room? That's a good question. That's always – that is always the question. That's been the question since, like, 2016. Oh, the the Rams were reported well at least in April they were over the cap room by five and a half million dollars. Are they still over it? Hang on. Um, their total their total cap space is five point one million dollars. You could probably sign him for that much. Yeah. Have if, like a quarter left over, but would like, I yeah. would I want to go to LA and play for the Rams or for the Giants? I mean, both are not great situations, honestly. I guess I would pick the Rams, but... We also have to think, like, who would be their holder, and I don't even know who the Giants punter is, but I know that Johnny Hecker is someone that... or a guy that, like, a lot of people like to work with. Like, Johnny Hecker is first class. Yeah, he's one of the best in the league, for sure. Who is their punter? Do they have one? Is it a rookie? Giants punter. Um, Riley Dixon. Oh, yeah, I did know that, actually. I did but know yeah. that, too. I don't know how I forgot, I guess. Cause... Johnny Eckert over Riley Dixon any day of the week. Yeah, for sure. Um, What were some of the other signings that happened? Some people got signed. 
Um, well, I guess this can. Do you want to do today's news, or do you want to kind of leak into the um, let's the just, guy who walked out for the Chiefs? Let's just put it all out there. All right. Uh, well, just about an hour or two ago, yeah. Uh, Sean McCoy got signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he played a very limited role in the Chiefs offense last season, and before that, he was obviously uh, in Buffalo. I'm I was very excited by this pick or this signing, excuse me. Uh, just because, you know, I, as a Bills fan who kind of was housed McCoy for like <laughs> four years, like, I really like LaShawn. He's a good guy. He's a great player. I just don't, so obviously I'm supporting him, but like, I just don't know if it's a good signing. It's good value because they got him for like a million dollars, which is very cheap. Yeah. It looks as if he signed for the veterans minimum. And, I mean, obviously they're going to ride with Ronald Jones for a majority of the carries. But, like, I don't know. Like, LaShawn just – his running style doesn't match his age. Like, he really – like, he's kind of like Le'Veon Bell where he likes to, like, hesitate yeah. and find the right gap to go into. But now he's not as fast as he used to be and shifty as he used to be. So if he does that too long, that's like a five-yard loss. I think, I think they're going to use him more as a receiving back than anything. Yeah. Kind of like how Brady had uh, James White, and they would just move James White either out of the backfield he'd catch passes or in the slot. I think that's how they're going to use Shady, and then they're going to have Ronald Jones to run up the middle, kind of like Sony Michelle. Um, I mean, I don't hate it. It's just can he stay healthy? That's the yeah. question. They did also draft uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, so they've got a pretty, pretty nice running back room now. I'm trying to figure out how – old is LaShawn McCoy? He's got to be like 30-something. 30 32, I think. It's not terrible. Yeah, he's 32. That was good. Um, I know my Bills players. <laughs> I mean... But no, I think also, that's probably... I imagine that's also why they signed him, because they've got two young guys in that running back room that they probably want him to mentor a little bit. Yeah, I feel like he's going to do a pretty good job at that. And also, for him, you look at the Bucks team, you think, there's a chance we can go to the Super Bowl. He's out he here. Back back. He's out here ring chasing at this point, just trying to get more. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an exciting. It's a big name, but like, it would have been way more exciting if it, if he was twenty eight instead of thirty two. Yeah. Like, but I was about to say, like three years ago, this team would have been ridiculous with Gronk and Lashawn, <laughs> but now it's kind of like these old guys in there, so, especially with. How old Brady is? How old is he? Like forty-three now. I want to say, yeah, because I think he said he wanted to retire at forty-five. I think he's forty-three. Honestly, now that he's out of my division, I really couldn't care less how long he stays in the league. Like he can stay until he's fifty. For yeah. all I care. About. He's he's forty-two, but he turns forty-three on August third. Sure. That's crazy, That's dude. Pe- Peyton Manning's only two years older than him, and I feel like Peyton's been retired forever. He has been. It's been almost five years. Um, well, moving on, uh, we also had uh, linebacker Nigel Bradham, uh, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, signed with the New Orleans Saints uh, earlier today. I really thought, so to give some perspective, he came out and tweeted a few days ago, everything comes full circle, which obviously got Bill's Mafia up in a tizzy because he's also a former Bill's player. Yeah. That we all really like. He was a fan favorite. It yeah. was like he was late round draft pick that started out as like a special teams player and he evolved into this pretty decent linebacker. Yeah. 
And then our GM just let him walk in free agency, and obviously he went and had a pretty pretty good career with the Eagles. Uh, so we were really excited because Lorenzo Alexander just retired. And obviously, I mean, we also got AJ Klein, so there's not really a hole, but also like having him back would have been really exciting. Yeah. So, but obviously that did not happen. He definitely got us to bite on that one. But I, I like to fit with the Saints because the Saints definitely needed some linebacking help. Yeah, because especially after they passed on, um, who was the guy in the draft that they could have drafted? Was it Queen? Yeah. And they took the center, yeah. And, I mean, he's only 30. Um, he'll be 31 by the time the season starts. So, I mean, it's not terrible of a signing. Like, he's not super old. I just wonder how much he's going to actually play. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's on the field, I feel like he's, they're going to get some good football at him. But, like, that is, that's the biggest question is, like, if he's going to be on the field. For sure. It looks like he signed for the veterans minimum also because I tried to look up his contract and there's nothing. So I'm going to guess he signed for the minimum. That's crazy. Um, he's good. Uh, moving on, uh, another. I mean, your division was just insanely <laughs> active today. Uh, but the Atlanta Falcons, this is honestly, before I say anything else, this is probably my favorite signing of today. It makes the most sense. Um, but the Atlanta Falcons signed Darquez Denard. Uh, who was a very good cornerback for the Bengals. I know a few months ago he kind of was close to signing a deal with the Jaguars, and then that fell through. Uh, So he's been a free agent all this time. But honestly, I like this fit in Atlanta a little bit better because, honestly, since March, Alex and I have been just cooking the Falcons uh, secondary because we're like, every time we get to it, we're like, cannot name, still cannot name a single player in that secondary other than A.J. Terrell, who they drafted in the first round of the draft this year. I, I don't know. I really like it. I like that one-two punch with uh, Terrell, and I think that's a veteran presence that they definitely need after losing uh, Desmond Trufant. How do you feel about it? 100%. I think um, after losing Trufant, it was going to be a tough, tough thing to throw A.J. Terrell in as your as your cornerback one because your other one is Kendall Shelf- Sheffield. And I don't think yeah. he's not going to cut it in this division. So you're going to put Terrell up against Michael Thomas, uh, DJ Moore, and Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Now you at least have, you know, somebody that you can put in there. <laughs> you're good, man. <laughs> I see you out there trying to block the sun. Um, now you at least have a veteran. They can come in and help Terrell. And you can also throw him out there on – I don't know if he plays the slot. I don't know what kind of corner he is, but – at least you can put somebody with veteran experience out there to guard this star-studded receiving core that is the NFC South. Yeah, I completely agree. It kind of helps them give uh, Terrell a little bit more flexibility Yeah, with how they use him rather than like just forcing him on the top guy of every team they play. And I also kind of like that because it helps them bring him along more slowly than they would if he was like just forced into that role. Um, For sure. But moving on, the last signing, I mean, not the last signing we're going to talk about, but the last signing of today uh, was safety Curtis Riley signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he played a few games with the Raiders last year. Um, so not the biggest signing, but a signing nonetheless. Yeah, he's a, in case somebody gets corona signing to me. That's right. He's basically yeah. waiting on somebody to get injured or something for him to get a chance because I mean they got Minka and I want to say uh, who is their other Terrell Edmonds yeah Terrell Edmonds see those are solid guys 
I mean, he's not going to compete. He's definitely a second string, third string kind of guy, but it's a depth piece. And those come up clutch sometimes. You want to talk about uh, some of the guys that are sitting out? Yeah. Uh, so the guy who kind of kicked it off uh, was Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the, uh, yeah. I think, right guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, which and he's one of their best guys, so that was definitely a big hit to them. Uh, he opted out, and honestly, he's got the best opt-out situation, man. He's a he's a registered <laughs> doctor, so he's going to be making that bank and helping people um, yeah, get better outside of the season. He literally said, I'm opting out because if I'm going to risk getting corona, I'd rather do it helping people than playing the game I love. And Obviously, he's talented. He was their starting guard, so he'll have a job when he comes back. It's not like he's going to get cut. Um, And then there were a couple other pretty big signs. How do you feel about, um, real quick, Star Latuale sitting out? What are your thoughts? Because I know you're a Bills fan. Yeah, uh, as Alex was saying, Star Latuale, the starting defensive tackle alongside with Ed Oliver. Um, Well, Ed Oliver didn't opt out, but – um, started, uh, which is pretty big. I feel like that's going to really impact our run game because he's kind of our run stuffer. He's big. Uh, but it also, I kind of enjoy it because, first off, Stars, I'm not a big fan of Star. I'll always back him up if someone's trash talks him, but like, well, because someone's like, he, he's not, we're paying him a whole ton of money and he's not getting any sacks. I was like, that's because he's stuffing the run gaps. His job like, is to I, sit there and be a big man in the middle. Let the other yeah. guys do the work. He frees up blocks for Ed Oliver and Jerry Hughes and Trent Murphy. For sure. Et cetera. But I kind of – I don't mind it um, essentially because I'm a huge fan of Harrison Phillips. Harrison Phillips was playing great in 2019. He mm-hmm. only played three games before he tore his ACL, which is very devastating, but he's been working very hard. Um, so I kind of like it away because that's also a way for us to kind of shove Harrison back into that starting role. Yeah. Because uh, he hasn't really gotten a fair chance because in 2018, his rookie season, he was kind of getting groomed by Kyle Williams to mm-hmm. take over for Kyle Williams. And then in 2019, he tears his ACL. So he hasn't really gotten a fair shake of things. I also so feel I- like your your defense is good enough that you can put a guy like that as your DT number two and yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, he has a pretty solid defensive line around him. Um, I was looking at the other people that have said that they're going to sit out. I think some of the biggest names are the Bears defensive tackle, Eddie Golden. Gold Goldman? Yeah, Eddie Goldman. He's sitting out, which I think is a pretty big loss for them, honestly. He kind of does the same thing Star does, but he's way better. Um, I think that's going to hurt Khalil Mack. Because he's not gonna have, he's gonna get double teamed a lot more, and, and I don't. Akeem. Yeah, and Akeem Hicks, both of them. Like I don't know who their other DT is. Yeah, I couldn't tell you either. That's kind of like the the Falcons secondary. And then I just saw I just saw this one, which is kind of sneaking under the radar. But Devin Funches for the Packers decided to sit out. I saw that. Which uh, not only people are talking about, but that is kind of a big deal because. Now it looks like it's going to be, uh, I almost just said Devontae Adams. That's not his name. Is it his name? Yeah. Yeah. Devontae Adams and whoever else they throw out there. Um, Alan Lazard. Yeah, Alan Lazard. And then other than that, Kansas City's 
uh, running back uh, Damian Williams decided he's going to sit out. I think this is a mistake because I think he's going to lose his job. Yeah, that was okay. Um, talking about the two you just talked about, I felt like the Funches one definitely went under the radar because for sure. I, I felt like Adams just struggled so much and Rodgers has struggled so much lately because they need that extra wide receiver too. Yep. They've had too many young guys. They've drafted way too many guys in like the fifth round hoping that Aaron Rodgers is going to turn them into studs. They need to get like a big name guy and they got Funches to be the number two and he opts out. So I feel like that's really going to hurt the passing game. Obviously, probably not too much. The Packers are still a, con- a title contender. Yeah. But yeah, Damian Williams is just idiotic. Because they just drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire with their first round pick. Like, so that's basically asking for him to just take the job. I think his. I saw a stat that said Vegas actually improved his odds to win MVP by like 200 points. MVP or offensive play, or rookie of the year? MVP. Isn't that crazy? They're, first of all, a running back's never winning MVP. But. And if it is, it's going to be CMC. Yeah, or it would be Saquon, somebody like that. They'd have to put the whole team on their back and carry him. Um, yeah, Edward Solaire is not going to be that No, guy. I mean, obviously he could be a fantasy MVP. I mean, his yep. fantasy stock is going to skyrocket now because there's not another back behind him. Um, and then we got to talk about it. The Patriots have six guys that are opting out. Now, I'm over here like, let's go. <laughs> no, Ryan, you're not over there like, let's go. Because the conspiracy is out, brother. They're tanking for Trevor. I know I, I know you don't think Trevor is the guy, but he's the guy. He is the guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw that tweet, too, and I laughed at it. Because it's like, what? Also, I guess while we're talking about it, we should name some of the big-name guys that are doing this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung. I think that's only those are only the names that you need to know. I like mean, the rest are, Marcus like, Cannon, he's their offensive tackle, but other than that. Yeah. Um, so those three guys are going to be big hits. Um, obviously, they've lost. I think they said that after Hightower opted out, They've lost their four best linebackers this offseason because Kyle Vanoy and Alandon Roberts both left to go to Miami. Oh, yeah. Jamie oh, Collins yeah. with the Detroit. Yeah. And now Howard's opting out. Yeah, we're about to see oh, how good – We're about to see how good Stephon Gilmore really is because he's not going to have a, a stacked defense sitting there helping him, especially, no with, especially with Chung being out too. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, talking about that conspiracy theory you were talking about, I saw the tweet where it was like, I think there was it was a conversation with the general manager and owner somewhere where it was yeah. like, Bill is behind this. I don't know how, but he's behind this. Well, here's another thing. They freed up like $22 million in cap. You know who's still sitting out there without a team? Clowney. Logan Ryan. Clowney. Oh, well, both of those guys, honestly. Yeah, yeah, but Logan Ryan, you could throw like $5 million and he'd be like, yeah, I'm coming. Yeah. But that's also his former team. What if you sign Clowney to like a twenty one year twenty million dollar contract like Cam? Now, is it worth it? Probably not. Nah. Um well, they can't afford to keep him long term though. That's true. Another or two other uh real quick op outs that I saw was Marcus Goodwin for the yeah. Eagles. That's a big one. I mean the Eagles, I feel like they are just constantly having practice squad guys running routes for wins. 
Like, I feel like Wentz, I'm not that high on him. I, I do think he's injury-prone, but at the same time, he could be, like, up there with the Deshaun Watson and the, um, that, like, that tier of quarterbacks if he had any sort of help. His best wide receiver is Alshon Jeffrey, who is basically a glorified tight end because he's so slow. That might have been a little harsh. Deshaun but... Jackson back, though, and they have uh, Jalen Rager now. I know. So, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, last year was – I felt so bad for him because they just had so many injuries and, like – I mean, at they're, one point, he was thrown to a backup quarterback. Yeah. So, like, just get the man some help. And it's not like the Eagles aren't trying. That's the thing, is they are desperately trying to get him some help. It's just every time they do, somebody opts out or somebody gets injured. Speaking of, actually, the uh, Green Bay Packers, I don't know why they're not calling the Eagles and saying, how much? what do you want for Alshon? Because the Eagles have already said that they're not that – interest there that they would be willing to trade Alshon so you desperately need another wide receiver um sorry I'm jumping all over the place but well while we're talking about that I actually just kind of thought of I had a little light bulb moment where we were um of a free agent that's available that could definitely fill Devin Funches's place almost better than Devin Funches actually would be Kelvin Benjamin go with it Kelvin Benjamin I knew it no that's okay <laughs> way different <laughs> I mean, if they need a tight end, sure. Um, I was going to say Taylor Gra- Excuse me, Taylor Gabriel. Oh, true. That would I be really a good like- pick. Yeah, I like that. I don't know why they haven't kicked the tires on AB also. I know he officially retired, but I don't know. If AB plays this year, it's going to be with the Ravens, period. I think so, too. Or the Seahawks, one of the two. But speaking of the Seahawks, Chance Warmack, their guard – has opted out yeah. also. That's pretty much Which the... Which so crazy because he just sat out last season, like, unintentionally. Like, he was just a free agent. No one picked him up. Yeah, and then so they he signed him. really hard signed, and then he opts out. Which is a loss for him and for the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't hold anything against players that opt out. I just thought that was a little... Like, him and Damian Williams were kind of peculiar... I don't get the Damian Williams one. The Damian Williams one, he basically said, here's my job. I understand that you are concerned about getting sick. I fully understand that. But if, unless I have, like, an underlying condition, like if he has asthma or something, more power to you, sit out. But other than that, I think you got to sit there and fight for your job, man. You know who's a really big um, opt-out candidate that hasn't come out and said it yet, but he's a very high-risk person? Who? Mark Andrews. He's got a type one diabetes, and I'm really I'm expecting him to at least consider opting out. Yeah. So that would be a huge hit for the Ravens because I mean he's he's a Pro Bowler. He's a that monster. Would a I would hit. put him in top three tight end competition, or maybe top four because I put Ertz, Kittle, and Kelsey, and then then yeah. Andrews. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap up the show with talking about the NFL 100, if you want. Hold on, we're doing the we're doing the Mahomes extension thing again, while we're forgetting a really big piece of news. What are we forgetting? Jamal Adams. Oh my God! Yes, Jamal Adams got traded for basically Seattle's entire draft class for the next couple of years. Now, I think we are on the same side as this, right? That the Jets clearly won this trade. No. Yes and no. Well, I I mean, yeah, in terms of like return, obviously, yes. But, like, I also like the move for Seattle. They just kind of got fleeced just a tad. 
a tad. They gave up two first round picks and a starting safety. They literally and a third round. So they literally replace Adams with a guy that's not as good, but that team's already gonna suck anyway. So you're trying to tank. So you replace your superstar who has an attitude with a guy that's gonna come in and do his job. You get two first round picks, which granted they're probably gonna be high up in the draft. Package them together and trade up. Well, it's going to be weird because, I mean, the Jets likely will suck, so their pick's going to be top 10 no matter what. But then the Seahawks are probably going to be like mid to late 20s. Yeah, but if you have that pick and another first-round pick, you could take the 20th pick in this upcoming draft and next year's pick and move up to like the teens of this upcoming draft. Well, who would they get, like? Well, I mean, if Sam, you know, shits the bed again, we're sitting there with Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence at the, up there at the top. I don't think they'd ever do that because I think they're yeah. they're mortgaged on to – I mean, I don't know how you could – Baker, I understand how you can give up on. Even Josh Allen, if he – I would not – wait. No, no, no. I'm just – I'm saying, like, <laughs> if he came out and was, like, absol- – if he threw, like, 45 picks or something this year, you could move on. But Darnold is 21. Yeah. You can't give up would, on that. I'm a division rival, and I have so much respect for Sam Darnold. I would not give up on Darnold either. Like, I bro, he's a kid. Literally, he's three years younger than both of us. Like, you could sign him to two more contracts, and he won't even be 30. Or he'll be 30. Yeah. That's crazy. He's so young. He's also it's crazy because he's really good. He just have he hasn't had a supporting cast at all. His offensive line has been horrible his entire career. Yeah, and then of course when you do draft an offensive lineman, you trade away his best weapon and or you don't re-sign Robbie Anderson. And so now his best weapon's who? Jay Crowder, Rashad Perryman, Denzel and, Mims, and Denzel Mims. That's his starting lineup right there. Come on, that's a joke. Um, but yeah. I, I also understand the Seahawks side of things just because you're in win-now mode and you yeah. get an Earl Thomas replacement. They've been trying to replace Earl for years now. You're bringing in his replacement right now. Okay, well, here's my thing, though. The Seahawks are, like, notoriously bad at making first-round selections. Okay. So, like, this isn't that big of a hit for them. They picked, they picked L.J. Collier in last year's draft, in the 2019 draft. They picked some so, guy from Texas Tech this year that most people had as a third-round pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jordan Brooks. I'm not, yeah, this is, I think they might have actually done themselves a favor <laughs> by doing this. They got somebody that they know is going to be a superstar rather than taking a third-rounder at the end of the first. The problem is going to be finding money to re-sign him. Yeah, that's a, that's a very true fact. But, I mean, I, I love the move for them because – that division, I mean, we've talked about it so many times. That division is the best division in football. And if I'm being quite honest, I think every game that they every division game needs to be a primetime game. <laughs> Cardinals, Rams, set it up. Monday Night Football. 49ers, Seahawks, well, that, does, that goes without saying. They were both primetime games last year. But, like, that division is dynamite, man. I don't, I don't know who's going to win. The team who, like, loses the division is going to be, like, 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, you could argue that the worst team is... I'd say the worst team is Arizona. Really? Which is crazy. I'd probably still... say the Rams. Yeah, the, both both the Rams and Arizona are still very sus on defense. They've got, yeah. like, good players, but overall they've got also a lot of holes. So, like, 
that's why I'm kind of iffy. But their offenses are crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, that division is, I want to say the best in the NFL, but you got to argue the NFC South. If Carolina shows any sort of promise at all, they're going to be the best team or the best division by far. I don't know, man. You don't I think put so? You guys up in top top three, no doubt. But like, we're talking. Okay, so like, the thing is though is like, in Week Seventeen, that Forty Nine ers Seahawks game, they were both like, I think twelve or thirteen win teams like whoever won that game was going to be the one seed and then whoever lost was going to be screwed and be the fifth seed yeah like they, right. i mean and the cardinals and the rams well the rams got worse actually but the cardinals got so much better adding d hop and a bunch of other good guys and if kyler takes any sort of a step yeah it's um, over yeah i mean it's an electric division i love the adding of jamal adams i actually love the trade for both sides I just think that they gave up a little bit too much. I agree. They they definitely like no undoubtedly got fleeced. Not Bill O'Brien type fleeced, but like pretty close. much though. All right. Um you want to wrap things up with talking about this NFL 100 list? Yeah. I mean, I we actually didn't talk a lot to each other through about the whole this. thing. But who kind of surprised you? I mean, I have all sorts of problems with this list, Ryan. First of all, Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry. I know this was voted on by the players. You shouldn't be number one. Honestly, yeah, I think Mahomes should have been flipped. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I think Lamar should be four. Patrick should be one. And I, this is bias of me, but CMC should be above Michael Thomas. What was his ranking? Michael Thomas is five. Christian McCaffrey is six. That's a tough one, though. I, they can flip flop, but take Michael Tom. I mean, take um, and put Michael Thomas on the Panthers last year. Come on, it's not even close. But put Christian McCaffrey on the Saints. I'm just saying. Now, here's where it gets a real problem. Is I don't know why, but I have real beef with Stephon Gilmore. Why are you at nine? Where's your guy? Where's Where's White at? Because I know he's no, he's not. That's a lie. Hang on. It's not a lie. He's and guess what? Guess what? 47. Same stats. Literally identical stats. He's Except Stephon Gilmore had like two pick sixes. They have Aaron Jones above Tredavious White. Criminal. No. They have Todd Gurley above Tredavious They have Richard Sherman at 28? Clearly I did yeah. not look at this list enough. What? The hell is I... happening? Also... Why the hell is Derrick Henry 10? I understand that he had a great season last year, but he should not be 10. He carried that team to the playoffs, man, though. No, he carried them in the playoffs. He also carried them to play. They were like 2-4. and four. I guess. And then Ryan Tannehill came in and A.J. Brown popped off. I'm sorry, but you're not Ryan giving... Ryan Tannehill threw like 16 passes a game. Did you see that Ryan Tannehill's on this list? He is. At 68. Yeah. That is way too high. Get Oh, okay. Here's my problem. Okay, first off, I I love Josh Allen with all my heart. Josh Allen asked for my kidney today. I'd probably think about giving it to him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyways, I, w- I almost shat my pants when I saw that he made this list. Really? Yeah, he's 87. No, I know I, he made the list. I'm not that shocked by it. He had a really good season last year. 
He's. A, I mean, he did. He's a phenomenal player. But like, I was just not expecting it. You know, like I didn't expect it for him to get that respect. I was really excited. But also, you. Know, the thing that gets me, and I saw our Eagle friends were kind of getting salty about this. Carson Wentz did not make this list. Carson Wentz should have made this list over guys. I I hate saying this, but over guys like Josh Allen, over guys like Tannehill, and even freaking Jimmy G. Made it in the 40s. Jimmy G's rated higher Jimmy than Trey. Jimmy G's Davies. in the 40s? Rated higher than Trey. I think Jimmy's like 43. If Jimmy's I rated higher than Dak. Oh, yeah, that too. Who are the players? I want to know the players that voted on this because it clearly wasn't all of them. Because <laughs> there's no chance that they put Jimmy G at 43. Like, why is Todd Gurley on this list? Yeah, that was a bit... Sorry, you didn't have that great of a season last year, bud. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, although I think the only Panther on the entire list is Christian McCaffrey. There might be one other one. But I want to say it might be. But, I mean, they didn't really deserve to have it. I mean, maybe you could have given DJ more, like, the high 90s, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... What shocked me is Kyler made it. I did not expect to see Kyler Murray at 90. Um, yeah. That's another guy where, like, I'm still happy Josh made it, but I feel like Kyler should have been. I feel like Zach Ertz is way too low. He's at 85. Yeah. Um, you know who else is way too low? Jason Kelsey. In the 90s. Yeah, that's insane. He's the best center in the game, man. Is I'll, get, I'll show some respect to my Eagles guys here. That was ridiculous. I'm trying to figure out where Minka is. Okay, he's 35. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of problems with it, man. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, I feel like, should be higher than 20. I think they should have switched Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is 16. I would have put yeah. Rodgers at 20, Deshaun at, tw- uh, at 16. Um, Tom Brady's at 14. Way too high. Put him in the 30s. He didn't have an incredible season last year. I would even, I would even make the hottest take of saying that Tom Brady should not have cracked the top 75. I'm not that mad at that. Honestly, also, D-Hop should be above George Kittle. I know it's only one spot. Kittle's seven, D-Hop's eight. Move yeah. D-Hop up. And also, put Julio in the top ten. Just, please, why is Derrick Henry in the top ten? That just pisses yeah, me Derrick off. Ken, yeah, Derrick Henry, I kind of... After listening to your take on it, I think I will agree with you. I think he maybe should – maybe if he's lucky, crack top 15. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not mad at him being – I'm just mad that he's 10. Like, he could have been, like, 16, and I would have been like, oh, that's pretty good. I put Watson above Henry also. Yeah, Drew Brees is 12. I don't have a problem with the – I really wish it was Patrick Mahomes, Russ, Aaron Donald, Lamar. <laughs> And then Mike Thomas and Christian McCaffrey, I don't have a problem with that either. I feel like they could have nailed the top six if they literally would have switched Patrick Mahomes and Lamar. They got the top six. They just got the order jumbled up. And then the fact that Gilmore is nine and Tredavious White is 47 is just truly... What's well, exactly like their Madden ratings? Did you see? Yes. I mean, Gilmore's obviously a 99 and Tredavious was lucky to break nine. I have, Ryan. I've fully bought in with you where I am. Why is Tredavious White being hated on so much? I don't understand. At this point, well, I know why. It's because he plays in Buffalo. But, like, anyways, like, <laughs> it, just, it hurts my feelings. It makes me sad. I just, 
I don't get it. It's just, just disrespectful. I don't think they watched the game. I also just don't understand how Todd Gurley is 51. Yeah, him actually breaking this. Like, <laughs> I was really excited about the list the first two nights. I was get, I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's. Go. I saw Todd Gurley. I was like, this list is canceled now. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Hang on. Jarvis Landry is 61 and Odell is 59. Why are either one of them on this list? It's not all. It's not all about stats, though, man. It's about like matchup problems and stuff like that. I guess. It's like it's like the guys who are tough to game plan against. I I totally. I think both of them should be on this list. You think but they Todd should be that Gurley, high? In the f- I didn't say high. I think they should be on the list. Where are they? Hang on. Oh, well, they're not terribly high. They're 61 and 59, but still. I don't know, man. I I think Todd Gurley had no business even sniffing this list. No. Todd was not a problem for anyone in 2019, period. I also feel like Allen Robinson, with what he does with Mitchell Trubisky being his quarterback, should have been higher than 93. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm trying to figure out who is the uh, the bottom one. So, Levante David is number 100, then Darren Waller, Brandon Brooks, Buda Baker. I mean, it's not, they got the most part of it right. It's just... There's some guys that they just totally missed on. Did Mark Andrews make this list? Um, that is a good question. I do not see his name. Hang on. If he didn't, that is a travesty. I want to be a hot hot take real quick. Darren Waller is not as good as Mark Andrews. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a pretty lukewarm take. But, yeah, you know, me and you probably think the same. Some people will probably hate us for that. I unless Mark Andrews is in the top twenty, I do not see him on here. He's definitely not that high. If yeah. Zach Ertz like that low, that there's no way. In fact, Andrews. Zach Ertz is eighty five, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Where's Kelsey? Kelsey was like top thirty, I thought. Uh, Kelsey is eighteen. There's that big of a difference between Kelsey and Kittle. Kelsey's eighteen. Kittle seven. And then. I think the next tight end is Ertz at, like, 85. Um, yeah, and then Darren Waller at 100. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is a little crazy. Um, that's crazy that Logan Ryan is 60 on this list and he's still a free agent. Yeah. Also, did did um Larry Mutunzel have a great year last year that I just didn't know about? I mean, he was kind of like the leader of like a really crappy offensive line. Like he was like the the bright spot of like otherwise a very horrible offensive line. Okay, just checking. I I wasn't sure because he seems pretty high on this list to me. Where is he? Um. Well, I just had him, and now I can't find him. Where the heck is? I he think on? he's higher than Ronnie Stanley, and that's a problem. He was just on here. I just passed his name. Is he in the 60s? I don't, oh, he's 66. And Ronnie Stanley is 74. That is a problem. That, that's a problem. All right. You ready to wrap this thing up, man? You got anything else for him? I don't think so, man. I think we covered a lot. Yeah, it's been fun. We'll be back next week with another episode for you guys. Have a good weekend. Please wear your masks because we desperately want football. And yeah. um, the NBA is back, so enjoy that.